In the asylum at Endenich, Robert Schumann had been calm in the last weeks, playing piano and writing letters to family and friends. Though everyone tried to stay cautious about his prospects, he evidently had gained ground. There were no voices in his mind, no supernatural orchestras. At her husband's request, Clara sent him one of the Lorraine silver points of Johannes. Robert wrote its subject, My dear wife has sent me your portrait, your familiar features, and I know it's placed in my room very, very well, under the mirror. I continue to feel uplifted by her variations. I should like to hear many of them performed by you and Clara. Clara wrote to me that on page 14 the music recalls something. What is it? He had forgotten his wife's melody that he had used in his own impromptus. In December, the doctors told Clara that she could not hope to see her husband for some time still. Once again, her heart fell. She arrived back in Dusseldorf just before Christmas with Brahms and Joachim in tow. In her journal, she confessed that by the end of a concert tour, I had been simply longing for Johannes. To him alone can I utter all that is in my heart. Joachim, too, is a dear and faithful friend, but Johannes is even more to me. During their decades-long friendship and musical collaboration, Clara and Joachim would never use do. The day before Christmas, Joachim travelled to Endenich, where he was allowed to see Schumann. It was the first time doctors had allowed a visitor in the ten months the sick man had lived there. Joachim returned to Dusseldorf with encouraging reports and a letter to Johannes, which Schumann was the first time to write, do. On Christmas Day, the first Brahms had spent away from home. The friends permitted themselves hope. Marie Schumann accompanied Joachim in her father's violin sonata. Alice performed a little play. Clara presented Johannes with the complete works of his favorite, Jean-Paul. Just after the holidays, Clara began the Johannes's help to sort through Robert's letters. Burning the ones that seemed too personal to leave to history, she noticed that Johannes's eyes shone with pleasure as he watched names and intimate words curl up and vanish in the fire. He would preserve that pleasure, adding to it the satisfaction of seeing his own correspondence torn up and floating away on a river, the past drifting into oblivion. Imagine a jigsaw puzzle of one billion pieces. These pieces are scattered round, randomly across a pasture that is one million miles square. If someone assigns to you the task of finding all these pieces, how would you do so? One option is to search for each of these billion pieces by yourself. If you choose this option, you'll likely die before you complete the task. Even if you live for 95 years, and begin searching non-stop for the pieces the moment you are born, you'd have to find one piece every three seconds to find them all before you die. But suppose you enlist the help of one thousand friends to find out with you across the pasture, searching for the pieces. The task is now much easier. If each of you finds just one piece every thirty seconds, you and your friends together will complete the task in a little less than one year. Of course, this task can be made even easier by enlisting the help of one million people, or, better still, one hundred million people. With one hundred million people scouring the pasture for puzzle pieces, each person would have to find an average of only ten pieces. And so, 
if each of those 100 million searches finds a piece every 30 seconds, the task will be completed in a mere five minutes. Human cooperation is powerfully productive. Still, in this example, simply collecting all the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle is not by itself a very valuable achievement. The puzzle must eventually be put together properly to justify the time and effort spent on finding all those scattered pieces. Think of each jigsaw puzzle piece as a unit of information that is potentially useful for making the economy work successfully. One piece might be the information that deposits of bauxite exist in a certain location in Australia. Another piece might be the information about which mining engineers are especially skilled at designing an operation for extracting bauxite from the ground. A third piece is information about how best to transport the bauxite to a processing factory. A fourth piece is information on how to make a crucial part for the engine of the truck or the locomotive that will transport the bauxite. A fifth piece is how to design the rails of the rails on which the truck or locomotive will be driven. Clearly, the number of pieces of information that must be found and used for bauxite to become, say, the aluminum sheeting that forms the casing of the printing press that produce the pages that you are now reading is staggeringly large. It is a number far larger than the mere one billion pieces of the jigsaw puzzle in my example.